The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. This is the main event. This is your main event, Mark's Podcast. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, a cat dad, and the man who orders out to the Alamo for his churros. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the WWE walking wrestling encyclopedia and the Bobby Roode to my Austin Aries. It's the dirty heel of Greg. What's up, Greg? You know, it's funny. I just got a big delivery today. Two of them. Was Roode in there? No. Ah, it is no. Ultimate Jake Snake, Ultimate Rick Roode. And another uh, major bendy, a hornswoggle. Oh, nice! Ah, My personal uh, buddy, hornswoggle, mind you. Yeah, right. Ah, that's uh, not a bad delivery, right there. I've been getting some good ones lately, man. I well, and if anybody wants to uh, to see what other uh, great orders he's gotten and some other figures that he's picked up along the way, head on over to his Instagram page. It's at Main Event Collector. How do you like that for the plug? Appreciate it, and they will all be up by the time this airs. Yeah. Yeah, so go check that out. He always posts uh, stuff. You got that the new era um, stage and and whatnot, and that, yeah, I go kind of basic with my photography. I'm trying to get better on. It, I promise. Still looks awesome. Uh, I like it. And uh, another podcast. We don't have a promo for them, but I, I want to plug them because they're good guys. Uh, Wrestling addicts. They were messaging me and asking. It's like, do you have the uh, the new era ring and all that? And at first, I was I didn't know what he was talking about. I'm like. Uh, last, I thought he was talking about like a, a newly released ring or something. I was like, uh, the last ring I got was back in like 08 or something like that <laughs> or 2010, something. I don't know. But, uh, he's like, oh, I saw it on your Instagram. I'm like, oh, you're talking about Greg's. Okay. And I was like, yeah, no, he got that. And he's like, yeah, I'm thinking about pulling the trigger on one myself. And I see it on eBay. It's like 300 freaking dollars now. I'm like, hot damn. That's it's only $50 more than it was at retail with the shipping. I don't know how they do with shipping. But um, oh, yeah. man, I should reach out to him and ask him to come with all three figs because they go with all three figs. That's a pretty good deal, especially the Macho Man. Oh yeah, all the right, Macho yeah. Man was an early backer exclusive, so it's hard to get that one. Yeah. So what is uh, their Twitter, it, by the way? Let me see if I follow them. It's at Rasslin Addicts. It's R A S S L I N Addicts. Yeah, they're on yeah. the they're on the Belly Up Network as well. Friends of the show. I've been trying to get them on. Uh, okay. Yeah, I do talk to them occasionally. Yeah, I talk to yeah. them. Doing Raw or AEW. Yeah. 
Yeah, hopefully here soon. I thought I, uh, I, thought I followed them. It looked familiar. Yeah, good guys. I was on. They're on uh, Scoreboard so, Addicts. Just to clarify, it's Wrestling Addicts, no W. Yeah. That's what I was uh, doing. Okay. Right. And they're on uh, Scoreboard Addicts as well. They're, that's uh, to show I was on there one time. They did wrestling trivia. There's one dude on there that's like a, you want to talk about a walking wrestling encyclopedia. This guy, he's younger than I am. I'm like, how do you know all this stuff, man? Like, hot damn. It's just like, uh, so-and-so was in a triple threat with this guy at this random pay-per-view in 1997. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> but, yeah, it was, a, it was a good time. But go check them out. And uh, something we're going to be checking out today is one of my... F- this particular edition of the show was not one of my favorites, but... Usually when the show rolled around, I had a good time. We're talking about TNA Lockdown 2013. And I figured it's it, it doesn't hurt quite so bad now because there are no lockdowns right now. So we can talk about the show and uh, and not be a sore spot. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple, uh, couple of years ago when we were talking about the show, we were kind of like, ugh. But yeah, 2013 was an okay year. I remember watching the show live. And I'll say this. I was a little stunned with the show. Not saying the show was like a masterpiece, but I was stunned at uh, something in particular with the show. Looking back, it seems a little obvious, but but at the time, you know. uh, Either way, I had fun with this, and I think we'll have some fun talking about it today. 2013 was my first WrestleMania, so I kind of love that year. Yeah, it was a a good uh, good time in wrestling uh, across the board, and we'll talk about all of that. Real quick, before we dive into uh, the show and all the news and notes, though. I want to tell you about the sponsor of the podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Muller Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Muller Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Muller Bros Golf Signature Polos. Muller Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those who want a subtle and sleek-looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MullerBros.com for 15% off. Muller Bros doesn't just have polos, by the way. They have really fun golf t-shirts that you can wear anywhere. Maybe like that barbecue that your family invited you to, or even that get-together with your friends. Maybe a night out on the town if you want to have fun while looking good and also impressing the local ladies. Make sure to let them know where you got that shirt and wear it proudly. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R-Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros golf, look good, feel good, feel good, play good. But now we're going to dive into our first break here. Well, are we going to plug our buddies? Well, but that's, uh, that's oh, where we're going we're, we're to plug it all. Because and we're gonna plug ourselves as well, giggity. Oh, uh, hell telling yeah. you about <laughs> telling you to go to our merch store because at the merch store we do sell some awesome, awesome stuff. You get uh, a but I've got a whole array of designs that I put up there for for all your enjoyment. So I know some podcasts will just put up their logo and that's it. Uh, we've got way more than that, and 
I like I some of them are get messages nice. almost all the time, like whenever I post our podcast. Hey, this is cool art. And I'm like, oh, thanks. Like, I don't take credit for it, but I don't flat out deny credit for it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, I got inspired a, a while ago. I don't know when to – I just know – I think the first one I did was a, a TNA show. I started just like editing movie posters. Sometimes I'll do games or shows or something. Uh, so I enjoy doing the album art uh, for the shows as well. So I, I like using Photoshop, I'll say. You can check out all our Photoshop stuff on our merchandise at the merchandise store. Also, as Ron Swanson says, Son, you should know that my recommendation is essentially a guarantee. Check out these other podcasts, and you'll like them too, especially if you like sports ball, or in the case of hockey, it'd be just sports puck, I guess. I don't know. But either way, check that out. Here in Puckburg is a you good show. You just say puck. Or that. Uh, God, do you even Canadian, bro? Ball is life, or if you're a Canadian, puck is life, eh? Uh, but I wish, we're it gonna... was, wish it was life for me right now, man, because the Sharks suck. <laughs> Dead last. Uh, how is, how's the Avalanche doing? Because that's all I Kyle They're doing pretty, pretty well right now, actually. Well, I think they're looking okay. to be uh, playoff bound, I think. Forgive me for not following them. How dare you? Kyle will be well, upset. I, I just don't like them. They're obviously a huge rival. Hey, TJ, how are the Steelers doing? <laughs> Uh, actually, yeah. I would know because since they're a, since they're a close rival, I'm yeah, like, it's different, oh, God. different football. So it's only four teams per division. Hockey is like sixteen each side or yeah, fifteen. Right. They are in third place right now. Third place in the West. Son Yay. Of a <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. But either way, they are the least of all the teams. Well, not I'm not gonna say the absolute least, but one of the least of the teams I hate. They ain't never done anything to us. Like I hate the yeah. Kings and the Ducks more, and and the Calgary Flames just a little bit more. You hate another sports team. From, you huh? hate another sports team from Colorado a little bit more. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but anyway, go Let's check say, out here in Puckburg if you're into hockey. All like we've dog. Also, we've also got other wrestling podcasts like the Brocast and Apron Bump that we'll talk about, as well as uh, some famous sea shows go down, and go some down other to sports Puckburg, shows. You take the apron bump while jerking the curtain. Boom, nailed them all. Yeah. Right. And uh, you can check out all of our network's podcasts. If you go to bellyupsports.com, they've literally got a tab on there. You click on it says Podcast Network. You can check out all the great podcasts on there. If you like sports and wrestling and just it, basically any kind of sport, any team you can think of, there's a show for it. And pro wrestling, like I mentioned. we're Besides wrestling addicts, we kind of got the corner on that. But then again, wrestling addicts covers more modern week to week stuff. So And there's a there's there is a place for that. Yeah, definitely. So uh check that out. Uh we we are more evergreen and, and retro, but uh go to bellyupsports.com. On the other end of this break, we're gonna be talking about all the news and notes from uh going into spring, leaving the the uh winter time of twenty thirteen. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble in your new main event marks merchandise. We've got t shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's main event marks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store 
That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's main event marks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought? This is an invasion angle. Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg... He told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Just to let you know, the main event marks is sponsored by Shocked Energy. Shocked Energy is a healthier alternative to traditional energy drinks. It gives the energy that gamers need while in a long session without skimping on their health. Their products come in a powder form to mix into your water. You can either choose the green apple or watermelon boxes. If you want to try both, you can get the sample kit. Use our link in the podcast description or simply go to shockedenergy.com. At checkout, use our promo code main event. That's all one word to save 10% off your order. That's promo code main event to save 10% at checkout. Also, if you're tuning into a wrestling podcast to hear about wrestling and you want it gimmick and politic free, you probably want the same out of your products. Are you ready to ditch the gimmick coffee? Coffee Brand Coffee is fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. They've got bagged coffee as well as K-Cups. Not into coffee? Well, they've got great teas and cocos as well. At Coffee Brand Coffee, their head coffee roasters have mastered the art of unlocking flavors hidden inside their beans. Each batch is custom crafted and curated to accompany unique flavor profiles. Click on the link in the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. News and notes here. Uh, before we get into this, let's play the stinger. That is correct. <laughs> Shut the f*** up, Dave. Everything that guy just says bullshit. And now let's get into it. Uh, talk Does it about, do this and that? Yes. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. <laughs> uh, who saw it? Was that Sting? Oh, yeah. Sting. That's why I said yeah. <laughs> He does this, he does that. Uh, was he as strong as a bull, as quick as a cat. <laughs> I mean, I could buy that one, but this and that was stupid. Yeah. Like, Jimmy man, Hart's Jimmy Hart, like, what's wrong with you, dude? You made some bangers in the past. Sitting there just like jotting down lyrics. He's like, <laughs> well, uh, what does he do? He does uh, a little bit of, he does, he does this, and, uh, and, and he does that. 
Oh God! Sound like Mickey Mouse trying to be uh, Butters from South Park, right there. <laughs> I just want Jimmy Hart to come in and be like, "Well, hey there, fellers! <laughs> come help me take my suppository." <laughs> Good Lord! Getting into the news and notes here. We're starting off with TNA. Uh, just getting this out oh, of the way. Yeah. Here. Uh, I didn't get because obviously you wanted me to do that. Shut up. <laughs> I don't necessarily remember this time off the top of my head. So some of this, I'm like, ah. Because there's a, a segment with Bobby Roode. They act like he's not there, and then he shows up. And I'm like, what was that all about? Well, this was it. Bobby Roode's contract issue with TNA has reportedly been worked out in time for him to work the March 10th lockdown pay-per-view uh, event at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas, according to PW Insider. It's also been noted <laughs> that Bruce Pritchard apparently was at fault, and but the situation has been handled. I don't know if I were like really you're just gonna throw Bruce under the bus. I mean, I'm Someone's not saying take blame. Yeah, and it's like I'm not saying 100. percent Oh, uh, it's definitely not Bruce Pritchard. How could it be? Like it might have been, but from the sounds of it, he was always the one catching crap when TNA didn't keep their bills paid. Well, here's the thing: when you come from like the professional, the most professional place up north, mm-hmm. you know you, you should have your finger on the pulse. I, I think. Maybe that's more. Well, if you if you really look at it deep, it's kind of a compliment to Vince McMahon the way he runs business. I I know when he was talking about, he said he was thrust into this role, which he absolutely hated with uh, talent relations. He said, "Hey, he hey was, yeah, he, you signed on, dude." Yeah, he said the only reason he agreed to take the role was because there was literally nobody else who knew what the hell they were doing. So he kind of knew because he did it a couple times in WWE. So he just took the role, and then he said. It was a constant battle between him and Panda Energy, who was paying the bills. It's like, where are the checks? Oh, they're in the they're in the mail. Okay, <laughs> he said they would. The mail really get, slow this week. Yeah, well, he said they would literally get empty FedEx packages with like no check inside, nothing. And they, uh, I feel like complain. somebody said that at WCW. I think it was Jericho. Ah, wow. That's, I think yeah. Jericho said that happened there. Yeah, because he said they would literally send out so that they could give a tracking number uh, so that maybe they could be left alone for a couple of days. They would give a tracking number on a FedEx package. They would get the, the, the envelope, rip it open, it was empty. And then they would complain and complain and complain, and then uh, Bruce Pritchard wouldn't give names, because, you know, obviously, but he said he had multiple wrestlers come up to him at one show after this had been going on for like a month. And they're like, Look what I got. And they brought in a FedEx envelope and poured out like six checks. They're like, <laughs> well, here are all the back payments. Wow. How oh, ECW yeah. of them. Yeah, right. Uh, no. pay them. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I'm sure the Panda Energy checks at least cashed. <laughs> but yeah, I think he, I think there well, was... You know, uh, sir, my Jewish father lawyer says they do not have to cash. I just have to give you the check. Yeah, right. Uh, they said I can only have one more hit to my credit before they take it away. <laughs> but yeah, I, <laughs> well, I, I take remember. as I only have two strikes. <laughs> but as far as I remember, like I said, I don't remember everything from around this time. But I don't think they ever addressed anything about this on TNA television. So if you watch the pay per view, they're assuming you read the dirt sheets. Oh, that sounds familiar, huh? Yeah, it's like why? It's just like so inside baseball with that. Stupid Bobby Roode thing. I mean, I guess if you know, you know. If you don't know, it's like, eh, whatever. It's not a big deal. I just thought it was dumb. 
<sighs> but either way, at the TNA Lockdown Fan Fest in San Antonio, Texas, promotional president Dixie Carter uh, makes a major announcement, quote-unquote, uh, this year's Slammiversary event will be will take place on June 2nd and will emanate from Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, I don't remember that one off the top of my head. I specifically remember the lockdown that took place there. Um, not necessarily like the event or anything, but I, I remember the promotional material because they're like, oh, we're in Boston and it's a very Irish area. So they had like uh, four leaf clovers on all the promotional stuff. Do you remember that? Uh, vaguely. Yeah, and I know, I know, shocker, but uh, Kurt Angle was like on the cover, and um, <laughs> there was a bunch of four leaf clovers. Everything was green. I'm like, okay. I mean, I guess it makes sense. It's around St. Patty's Day, too. So, but, but TNA paid tribute to Orlando, Florida, and Universal Studios with a tribute video commem- commemorating all that had happened there in the years that the company ran shows out of the impact zone. Yeah, much like AEW, they're all paying tribute to something they're literally going to go back to. And yeah, they did the whole Daily's Place video. Like, yeah. oh, and they went back a couple weeks later. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was about to say it's like a couple of things. First of all, they're not leaving forever, bro. They'll be back. I like wishful thinking here. It's like, dude, you're not like, no, you're going to go back. Uh, especially when we're going to again the pay per view numbers, they were not good, and, and the attendance numbers were not good. But it's like, I know, wishful thinking, you're like, oh, you know, let's burn the ships when we reach the shore so we can't turn back. But come on now. And now they only run tiny little venues. And then on top of it, yeah, like you had pointed out, I, I just, I got a bad flashback to when they did that tribute to Daly's Place. And they were like, like somebody died. Yeah, right. It's like, like you're leaving a crappy little amphitheater that you're going to go back to. And even if you don't go back, who cares, bro? Like, do you really want to remember this era where you're running shows at a daily's place because you literally have to because of lockdowns? <laughs> it's just funny. It reminds me of last night on, on Raw. Edge said, my time's dwindling down. Like, I'm tired of facing Judgment Day. Like, I started off coming back, resting in front of a bunch of TVs. Like, oh I thought we were trying gosh. to get past that angle. <laughs> I mean, he's not totally wrong. At least he had his triumphant return in front of, you know, people. But yeah, it sucks. But, like, if companies can quit doing this, like, I would understand if, like, I don't know, if something happened and WWE could never go back to Madison Square Garden and they did, like, a tribute to all their big memories there. But, you know, that's like uh, half a century or more of big shows in MSG. That's a little different. This is an itty bitty sound stage in a theme park. Hang on, though, to play Devil's Advocate here for a second. They All did right. spend a majority of their life in that place. So, yeah, I get that, but yeah, man. they didn't even do a tribute to the damn um, what's that uh, in Nashville? The asylum. asylum. Yeah, which which might have even mean which might have made more sense when they moved permanently to Universal. Well, the thing about that is they kept talking about like uh, the Halcyon days of being in the asylum and whatever, and they acted like that was some big thing. Like, dude, like you guys were a fledgling little pissant company that did a, a weekly pay-per-view why are you guys like so proud of your asylum i'm sorry what do you mean were <laughs> they still are that's very true but it's like why are you guys acting like all proud of this like oh man, michael myers really of asylum. Dude. <laughs> it just keep coming back <sighs> you have to give them some credit for that dude like, you know we can laugh all the way but dude they keep coming back or they keep 
Oh, they never left. They never come back yet to leave. They, they just still exist. Well, actually, I keep with me on this reference here. I'm going to compare them to, to Jason Voorhees because remember for a while they switched to being GCW or GFW. That was it. Global Force yeah. Wrestling. And the, I compare that to when Jason was not really in Jason Goes to Hell. Right, and yeah. like you still get a Jason movie and then he comes back. And so you, you, br- you brought back impact wrestling and then they brought back TNA, like that reboot of Friday the 13th. So, you, you know, it keeps going and you can't kill the damn thing. And you know, he's always lurking. It's like, he's, he, they're going to make another one, <laughs> one of these days. And they made a video game that was, uh, you know, meant to, uh, so, so response. <laughs> so there you go. More AEW references. Oh God. Yeah. That thing. I don't know when the hell that's, going to come out it i i'm sorry i can't help but laugh coming soon to the playstation 2 god uh i cannot help but laugh that not only are that is it being held up because of a lawsuit with of all places gcw (laughs) but also that conrad who we've talked about is a huge conrad thompson is a huge aew mark and a big tony khan friend uh his buddy, Michael Dawkins, is the lawyer representing GCW. So that makes it funnier. And then, on top of everything else, Tony, did you not check the trademark when you filed, bro? Come on, man. Oh, he's not a big man. Oh, you mean smart? Yeah. Like, that just seems like a, a normal thing to do. Okay, it's not even something you have to do. Isn't it just pop up when you try to trademark it? Or did he not try to trademark it? That's what I would think. I think it was like within a month or two, they said, of one another. I could be wrong, but even then, like if it went through, like one should have went through, and then so then that leads me to believe, did the trademark (laughs) not go... (laughs) I love how flustered you are. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's like, I'm trying to figure out, it's like, okay, so when you file for the trademark, it doesn't go through right away. It takes a little bit. It's like, so did they yeah, file uh, for the trade? I just heard it takes like six months sometimes. Yeah. So did they file for the trademark and was like, look, we don't have it yet, but let's just move on like we do. That's like throwing a crap ton of money on your credit card, not having any cash to pay it. It's just, it, <laughs> it, 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 it's like wiping before you poop. It just don't make sense. Like, God. It's like pouring the milk first and then the cereal. <laughs> Which all of a sudden is a thing now. I don't know if it's a TikTok thing or something. Wow, really? Well, it's like, I've seen it everywhere. Like MJ pours the milk first. That was that was a sign in the cow palace. <laughs> Good God! Uh, I had somebody post something. It was like, uh, do you put on sock, sock, shoe, shoe, and then tie both shoes, or do no, you socks both and then both shoes? No, yeah, wrong. it's like yeah. Well, they're yeah. They're saying, do you put on your socks first and then the shoes and then tie your shoes, or do you put on one sock, one shoe, tie it, and then do the same to the other? And I was like, I I've, I've mixed it up from time to time, and <laughs> my buddy's like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> like I don't know I didn't think it was that big of a thing <laughs> Apparently I don't know it was anything Let alone big enough of a thing Yeah right Who gives a damn <laughs> Apparently people I don't know <sighs> But anyway uh, This one Ready for this one man Probably when you, not When you started with that It's usually not good <laughs> you're, you're like no uh, Bret Hart is still shooting folks This time Oh god know, What now he takes Hulk Hogan, Eric Bischoff, and TNA to task while giving the highest of praise to AJ Styles. In his wide-ranging interview with Russell Talk TV, that is a real thing on YouTube, WWE Hall of Famer Bret Hart said things about Triple H like 
that he was overrated and claiming that the game never had a great match. Um, so you're tell me you haven't watched wrestling in the last 13 years without telling me you haven't watched wrestling in the last 13 years. I am Sean had made up yet. This is Shawn Michaels best friend. I mean, I'm just spitballing there, but yeah, apparently he just never saw anything in triple H ever. It's like, wow. So you're telling me you're not much of a, like, you're not that much of an eye for talent then. Got it. Like even people like, like Jim Cornette doesn't say that he's a draw or anything, but even he admits that he's good. Oh, he maintains like, he's the guy that works for the guy, I and mean, then people think that's a bad thing. Him and Brian Lass have to correct everyone. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Someone's got to be the guy that works for the guy. <laughs> right. He was always the top heel, and it's not like he never yeah. got like big responses. You know, stuff. With, you know who else was the guy who worked with the guy? Someone who everyone loves, Roddy Piper. Boom. Lawyer. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah, nobody, I mean, nobody was, nece- it was necessarily paying to see Piper. They were paying to see Piper get his ass kicked. So... I mean, that's Same why thing I with the tu- four horsemen. Yeah, I never once tuned in because I'm like, man, I got to see Triple H. I would tune in because I'm like, I want to see Triple H lose. But either way, it was still technically tuning in for Triple H. So, but either way, uh, about Hogan. Well, I heard Billy Blanchard say that one time. You either pay to see the horsemen or pay to see us get our asses kicked. Either way, you were paying for us. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Either way, uh, still eyeballs and money in their bank account. So whatever. But about Hogan and Bischoff in TNA, he said, quote, I got no faith in either one of them. Like, zero. I don't. They're going nowhere. If anything, they're going to lose a lot of ground. They're spending a fortune on a guy that's worthless, and Bischoff is just as worthless as Hogan. The two of them got zero to offer the business, end quote. Right. Uh. Brett was casting checks in the 80s, wasn't he, when he was on the undercard? Yeah, right. Got nothing off wrong except my whole bank, probably. I maintain that Bischoff did have something to, to offer. It's just, I don't think, like, to hear him talk about it now, he didn't even want to be there. So he was just kind of there because Hulk wanted him there. So it's not like it was in WCW where he's like, we gotta win. He was like, yeah, if we make money, cool. So, I don't know. And yeah, I'll say this. Hogan knows how to promote Hogan. I don't know if he knows, like... Not like he was totally in control of TNA, but I don't know if he could control an entire company by himself. But then again, like, I think it's kind of stupid for Dixie Carter to be like, oh, let's bring in Hulk Hogan, who, you know, was a huge wrestler back in the day, and just uh, rely she on also, him to uh, she also make us Russo. Up. We knew where her, her brain was. Yeah. It's like, it, not to defend Russo, but it's like, at least he had some moderate success as a writer in the past, like Hogan knew how to get himself over. How do you figure that translates into uh, taking, like, as a backstage guy, taking the company to the next level? It it, does. I don't know. They're like, oh, let's strap Hogan's name to the company. That'll be good enough. But about TNA, he said, quote, How is he never a TNA world champion, by the way? Not that I wanted that, but how was Hogan? he not? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he was realistic about his, uh, his condition, but uh, if Dixie had her way, he probably would have been. But about TNA, he said, quote, they got all the rejects. They picked up all the trash that Vince scooped, uh, scooped and swept aside whenever well, they were. hard to argue that. Yeah. See, I take exception to saying all the rejects. because Yeah, they did pick up their fair share. And they also picked up some like, you know, like RVD I would, and uh, Mr. Anderson. And I, I wouldn't have called them rejects and Team 3D and everything. But yeah, especially as, as time went on, it was like, 
you know, they picked up Aaron Stevens and uh, or what the what the hell is his name now? Is it Aaron, Aaron Stevens or is that uh, uh, uh Aaron something? Name? The 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 body uh, not the body the stunt double for the Miz, right? Yeah, Damian Sandow. Damian Sandow, yeah, it was. I yeah, it's Aaron something now. I don't remember if it's Stevens, but I think it is Stevens. That was his name. Was his tag team, right? Right. Is that his legit name? Um, maybe I don't know, but he spells Aaron with one A, which I've never seen before. Was but... Aaron? Damn it, A Aaron. But uh, now there's him. There was like Ezekiel Jackson and Brodus Clay, and like I mean, it was kind of hard to argue when they're picking up guys like that. I don't know, but they also picked uh, up the Hardys on one of their very first rejects. Yeah, you're. Yeah, they they picked up Fat Hardy, not Matt Hardy. <laughs> he was still in better shape than I am, but seriously, you didn't happen like, to you, watch the the uh, Dynamite from the Cow Palace, did you? No, man, they got me good, man. He was coming out for his match. Who was he? I forget who he's facing. That's yeah, not important. He comes out and the, the freaking Hardy Boys music goes on. I'm like, oh, is Jeff here? Oh God! No, it was him and Mark Quinn, and Mark Quinn was playing the Jeff Hardy part, doing the dancing and stuff. Oh Why? my God! So he just comes out to the Hardy Boy theme now? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know about that. if he does it now. Like, I have, he hasn't been on TV in forever, at least in a match. Mm. Oh, God, that really got me, dude. Yeah, I bet. That's our mutual friend. He was sitting right next to me, and I kind of marked him. Like, Is it Jeff? Is it Jeff? I'm like, no. Oh, it's just that. <laughs> yeah. Well, he then said, quote, I thought their girl division was, you can tell how old he is when he calls it girl the girl division. division. <laughs> yeah. That's what all the old timers call it. The girls. Yeah, Corner still says it. Yep. Unless it's but Charlotte or Rhea Ripley. Yeah, right. But he said, uh, quote, I thought their girl division was terrific with Awesome Kong and Gail Kim when she was there. Uh, she was a really good wrestler, end quote. Uh, I mean, at least he's complimentary about the women's division. But, I mean, just those two. I also thought Tara was, I mean, Tara was really good. Uh, Mickey James was there. Yeah, Mickey James was great. Uh, Still there. He's the champion of their company as we speak. Yeah. Karen Terrell was really good. Uh, It's odd to say, but she was. Oh, man, she was really good. Trust me. Good God. Uh, I didn't think Angelina Love completely sucked. She was okay, especially when compared to the other two members. She was the better of of the beautiful people. She was the best of them. Yeah. So, I mean, they did have some stinkers in there, but, you know, whatever. And you got the other beautiful person now, uh, Madison Rain, leading the AW Women's Division. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the worst of the three, in my opinion, but whatever. The only person in the beautiful people worse than her was uh, Lacey Von Erich. Yeah, she was but, all looks. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's bad. <laughs> uh, well, when you're, when you're really good at one thing, there you go. But on AJ Styles wasting away in TNA, he said, quote, AJ Styles is as good a wrestler as anybody in the world. He's really good. He should be wrestling in WWE. He's spinning his tires in TNA, and it's a shame <laughs> because that's the big stage. I remember Man, that's going to age well. <laughs> yeah, right. And I don't mean that sarcastically. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he was absolutely right. Uh, but he said, AJ, I remember AJ Styles first raw uh, entrance. Do you remember what he said coming down the aisle? No. Go back and watch it, everybody. He's literally saying, "I should have been. This is where I belong. I should have been here all along." So he knew. <laughs> yeah. 
I think he came in at like the perfect time. Although I do wish he was younger because obviously now he's having to slow down a little bit because of his age. But oh, he's not even wrestling right now. He shattered his ankle. So who's that? Oh God, yeah, I forgot about that. Damn, sucks. He's got to miss Mania. But anyway, he said, "I remember telling Chris Benoit when he went to WWE, he actually cried on the phone, telling me he didn't want to leave WCW." End quote. Yes, you do. <laughs> he went on for a while about Chris kind of comparing the two and uh, saying, he's like, oh, I wish I could, you know, if I could give AJ any direction, it would be, you know, same thing. I told Chris Benoit, it's like, they don't care about you. You need to get the hell out of there. You're going nowhere. Like, well, somebody listened, but moving on here, this, this one is kind of interpromotional. Scott Hall joined DDP and Jake Roberts at the accountability crib, uh, real name. However, his progress in yoga while considerable is limited due to a bad hip. They've now set up an Indiegogo page to help fundraise for Scott's hip surgery. Sorry, what? Uh, what? Indiegogo. What the hell is it's, that? It's one of those uh, fundraiser pages. Like, um, Never heard of that in my life. Go. Yeah, I think it's older. Uh, it's like uh, Give, Send, Go, or what's what's the other one? You know what I'm talking Before about? Before you Indiegogo. <laughs> uh, I can't remember the freaking name of it now, That where you can start a fundraiser for yourself. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Give, send, go is the one I've been thinking of. Um, that's that's the newer, GoFundMe? bigger one. GoFundMe? Yeah, GoFundMe. That's it. Yeah, it's like it's one of them. But for a few bucks, you can help Scott recover and get some pretty cool gifts in return, including autographed pictures and a phone call from the bad guy himself. Uh, I'm imagining he got that hip surgery, but I don't remember the timeline of stuff. Oh, timeline. Yeah. <laughs> sucks to think about that he's actually passed away like he was not that old but man he had a lot of yeah but it can be said that this ddp yoga prolonged his life so there's that yeah hey ddp tried his hardest with scott so good for him man uh diamond dallas page and the diamond stud back together again this one getting into the wwe stuff here william moody better known to pro wrestling as a pro wrestling manager paul bearer has died at the age of 58 Although the official cause of death has not yet been determined, Bearer was reportedly suffering from a blood clot just days prior. Yeah, that sucked. He was in the Hall of Fame this year, right? Didn't they rush uh, him in? 2014, I want to say. Okay, so it was the next year. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was uh, New Orleans. I, I remember now because um, you, <laughs> you and I were talking about we missed Mr. T's long-ass speech. But we yeah, but we got Hillbilly Jims. <laughs> right. <laughs> and both of them talked about their mama. Yep. Which uh, Hillbilly called Honey. It's, uh, <laughs> something I, uh, I don't really want to dive into, but there you have it. But yeah, I remember this. Uh, it obviously played into the Undertaker uh, CM Punk match. Yeah, they, they, they were saying, like, I think uh, if, he, if he could uh, answer for himself, they said, I think Paul would have been cool with being used one more time in a WrestleMania feud, even after death. Like, it was kind of cool. Uh, speaking of WrestleMania, I'll just never forget that induction, because his, his son kind of pissed me off. He just kept chewing gum the whole time. I All forgot. it At the podium. Like, what the hell's wrong with you, dude? I don't even remember that. Wow. I just remember uh, Kane coming out and telling Mr. T, you gotta, you gotta get. And he was like, well, he's gotta quit talking about his mama so I can talk about my dad. <laughs> Like, ah, oh, that's kind of funny. But either way, uh, uh, 
Uh, the Rock was advertised by WWE for Extreme Rules pay-per-view on Facebook not long ago, and now it appears that the Great One has agreed to work a few dates post-WrestleMania 29. That's according to the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, which notes that The Rock will be working the Extreme Rules show. I uh, think he shows up on Raw the night after because he makes the announcement that, uh, well, it doesn't, you know, I mean, it's already known, but he tells everybody we got him. I talked about getting Bin Laden. Oh, I forgot about that. Uh, I do remember. Wasn't this the one where he freaking tore a muscle right off his damn ribs? I was wrestling at 13. Yeah. Or not, or 13. In 2013. WrestleMania at 29. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think he made that extreme rules show. <laughs> but uh, getting into the card for that WrestleMania, though, it's looking more and more like WWE will pull the trigger on Ryback versus Mark Henry. At WrestleMania 29 on April 7th 7th in New Jersey, making it one of the best Hoss fights in WrestleMania in years. Right. Who said that? (laughs) That was... uh, That match blew goat balls, man. (laughs) Wow, not just regular ones, huh? From a goat? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I I believe it's the same goat that Daniel Garcia has pictures of Tony Khan with. (laughs) Good God. You got pictured with something, man. Yeah, right. It's, uh, that Mexican donkey show that uh, you know we heard so much about in Clerks Two. <laughs> yeah. Hey Tony, yeah. I want to be on TV. I'm showing the picture on the internet. Ah uh, man, well I don't know. It's I like, don't give I, a I, f. I'll get them off there. I got more money than Crockett. Yeah. <laughs> Tony's like, oh no, don't 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 do that. It was one of those times I went on a bender. I mean, uh, <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> uh, uh, well, do I do I have to play the sound clip to? Make myself safe here. Allegedly. <laughs> anyway. The views expressed here. in this segment are ours alone. Yeah, right. Uh, not factual. Triple H versus Brock Lesnar is not official for WrestleMania 29 on April 7th in New Jersey, but it's beyond obvious that that's the direction that WWE is going after the March 4th episode of Raw. Uh, Fast forward 16 years and we get... Oh, just six years... Wait, what is this one? 20, 30, 29. 39, yeah. I can't so math today. Sorry. Ten, fast, fast forward, fast ten, forward years. 10 years and we get Brock and almost. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be awesome, man. Sure you want to go to that? <laughs> I'm not sure at this point. I'm still on the Dude, fence that... about going. I'm waiting to see. I'm waiting to see some logistic things. <laughs> Dude, that I don't know, man. I think that match should headline night one personally but that's just me no no all right <laughs> kind of ironic how brock is a headlining act period and then this is the one i stay the hell away from this main event yeah right well somebody else uh you know we just talked about the rock well somebody else making a return here the march 4th old school themed episode of monday night raw in buffalo new york featured a few returns of pro wrestling legends of yore like Rick Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Sergeant Slaughter, Ted DiBiase, and Mae Young. You know, the usual suspects. Uh, but they all they all had a, had a bit... <laughs> the usual suspects. I mean, they all it is. something stupid, too, by the way. Oh, oh, yeah. Every single time, they're like, oh, it's a, a Legends Night or whatever. It's the same people every time. Like, we know... I mean, it hasn't been Hacksaw recently, because he's been in and out of the hospital, but... Count on Rick. Yeah, right. 
uh, you can you can always count on Rick Flair, Sergeant Slaughter's there sometimes. Teddy Biasi's always there. Like uh, Ron Simmons will pop up and yell "damn!" Like you know. But either way, they all not knocking any of these guys, mind you. No, yeah, they all had big oh, parts and, mostly. And, and when she was still with us, May would have to show up and stick her tongue down someone's throat. Oh yeah. <sighs> But they all had bit parts, mostly simply showing up for a small angle and disappearing just as fast. That wasn't Not fast uh, enough. <laughs> that wasn't so for the New Age Outlaws. The Road Dog and Billy Gunn actually showed up for a legitimate match with Primo and Epico. Uh, it wasn't anything special, but the two showed that they can still work despite all the years that, that have gone by. Uh, later on backstage Fallout, it was revealed that the Rhodes Scholars, people don't remember, it was Cody Rhodes and. Uh, Damian Sandow, who we mentioned earlier. Uh, they challenged the New Age Outlaws to a match next week on Raw so that they can ri- uh, they can get rid of the degenerate dinosaurs, and the challenge was accepted. Cody probably jerks off, too. Good lord. Yeah, that... Uh, yeah, well, and then he ended up teaming up with guys that yell suck it all the time, so there you go. <laughs> but yeah, so that was... Uh, I think this is when they made their return for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, because they would lose the titles when the Usos got their very first titles. Yeah, I I uh, I remember that, and I actually got their uh, their two pack that Mattel put out around this time. So here's one I had no idea of, and I wouldn't have believed it unless they saw it with my own damn eyes. But here we go. El Generico had a dark match in NXT without wearing his mask around this time. Oh, I remember this, man. You and everybody at Xbox Party raged at the mask being gone. <laughs> Dude, I had. You guys were no, all pissed, man. <laughs> I don't. Re- I don't remember that. I, I can't I don't, believe they did that. They're taking away his identity. He's never going to be anything now. Man, that ain't I, bad. <laughs> I don't remember that. I I know I wasn't like super crazy about them calling him Sami Zayn, and I was like, "What's this gimmick?" And I'm like, "Just some ginger dude." But yeah, I don't know. He uh, obviously did well for himself. He's doing better now than he has since he debuted in NXT, so there's that. To be fair, there was another guy in the party that was even more pissed. He was, like, throwing a fit. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> if if it's who I think I... If All it's you were who saying I was it was stupid. It was. stupid. 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 God. Uh, last story I got here. Rey Mysterio has been out of action recently. Tell me another one. And rumors have been circulating... Oh, yeah, right. And rumors have been circulating that he's been dealing with a family issue. As it turns out, injuries may once again be to blame. No. Fast forward to now, he's dealing with a family issue as we speak. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, Ray tweeted, quote, About to see the man, Doc James Andrews. Things haven't been good since I stepped back in the ring. Possibly ACL tear again. Yeah, I don't think he tore his ACL. I could be completely wrong, but... Is this when he leaves WWE for a long time before coming back to that Royal Rumble? Uh, maybe. Let me look on his Wikipedia page here, because I honestly don't remember. In March, Mysterio took another leave of absence due to a legitimate knee injury, explaining in story explained in a storyline as an attack by Mark Henry. Uh, yeah, and then he was he came back after eight months. Mysterio returned at a live event in October, but he didn't return. And then he returned to television as part of the Spanish commentary team at Hell in a Cell. And then he popped up on Raw in November. Uh, he saved CM Punk and Daniel Bryan from an attack by the Wyatt family. So there, and the Real Americans. How many, like, Mexico versus the America Real Americans things? Again? Was that, was that Jack, Jack Hag- Jake Hager and um, Claudio? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, Cesaro and and Swagger. Yeah. Oh, I didn't use their Christian name. Sorry. Exactly. No, Greg, that's their slave names. Remember, God. I, I I'll probably get hate just for using those. Well, I use them to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll get it. Uh, but anyway, that does it for the news and notes. You ready to get into the event at hand? Hell no. <laughs> well, we're going to get into it right after this break, right here. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod, on Twitter at main event underscore marks, and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. thought I knew your face. Yeah, we somewhere. go way back, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well... What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... K-A-S-T. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Brocast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. It's TNA Lockdown 2013. Uh, the date, March 10th, 2013. The theme was Seduce Destroy by OTEP. They always pulled out like the most obscure effing bands. Like, what? Uh, the, the obscure venue, bands for an obscure company. Yeah, you don't say. Uh, the venue was the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas, which, <laughs> just, ha- which just housed the Royal Rumble. So, I was just there, and I'm looking at. I'm like watching this event. And I'm like, I I was in the Alamo Dome. That place is huge. Why did yeah. you really think you're gonna fill this thing up? I know. Like, good God, this was so dumb. Keep in mind, for for wrestling, the capacity is between fifty-two to sixty thousand. You gotta try. I get that, but man, this was stupid. Was this? Can you count this as trying? Like, like you've got to be realistic. Uh, I count this point. as uh, I count this as taking a shot. I don't know if that's trying. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So, like I said, between fifty-two to sixty thousand, depending on how you you uh, set things up, they have seventy-two hundred people in that building. Yeah. It looked it looked like a piss hole in a snowbank. <laughs> like this was like someone's been uh, listening to Jim Cornette. Huh? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, the, another Jim Cornette thing. Like he talked about, like Bill Watts. Like, couldn't get it through his damn head after a while when business was down. Quit running the damn Superdome because, like, again, you and I have been there. The place is effing huge. And Yeah, and watching back WrestleMania 34 for a future show coming up with my buddy, I was like, we were looking at it. I'm like, man, I've been to, like, MetLife, which is huge. I'm like, dude, the, the, Silver, or the Superdome blasts them all away. Yeah, Superdome is huge. And apparently, like, when business was down in Mid-South, they still would run the damn Superdome and draw, like, a couple thousand people. We Why? did a Clash of the Champions that was on there. I think it was Flyer Steamboat yep. 2. 
And uh, yeah, yeah you so. can see. Yeah. Yep, it's uh disappointing. But the pay-per-view buy rates for this one, they got 17,000 buys. Yep. I was probably one of them. <laughs> yeah, I I was. Uh, cue that Pac-Man dying sound. <laughs> 17,000? Yikes, man. But the show reminded me that Todd Kennelly was a commentator for a while in TNA. Yay. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, yeah. Just you... right over it on the show. I, I, maybe I just did, I didn't realize it. They show him in a oh. few shots or whatever, but yeah, like Mike was kind of stepping back, kind of falling into his old WCW role that he had. But I think my mind just just accepted it, like, oh yeah, it's not Don West and Mike. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, this first match is a triple threat match for the X Division title. It's Kenny King defending against Zima Ion and Christian York. Uh, this goes about eleven minutes. Zima Ion now is Joaquin Wild on SmackDown. Yeah, so it's, that's Joaquin Wild versus. Uh, one half of Matthews and York taking on the uh, the Dick Dancer. <laughs> <laughs> so either way, uh, Kenny King ends up this getting one the... of the Black Persuasion, mind you. Yeah, right. Uh, Kenny King ends up getting the win off of a sort of F five into a Uranagi onto Christian York. Uncle Dave gives it the deuce. I give it two and a half. It was at least average. What say you? Yeah, I'll give it two. It was fine. Not uh, mind blowing, but it was it was fine. Do you remember when Christian York came back? I feel like you and I were the only people in the world who even gave a damn. <laughs> yeah, right. We were like, "Oh, it's Christian York. He looks great," and everybody's like, "Oh, who's that?" <laughs> like, really? <laughs> I mean, like I I was not an ECW watcher, so I like, but I vaguely knew who he was, and I I remembered. And I was like, "Oh," and you could tell he beefed the hell up and got dreads. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we now go backstage with Jeremy Borash. He calls in Joseph Park, who says that the boys Two more have been ribbing guys. Mind you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joseph Park says that the boys have been ribbing him this week. He says that he, they sent him to the Alamo, not the one with the rental cars. God. Uh, he then says that they had the best churros before the bad influence interrupts him. Azarian says that Dixie Carter wants to speak to Park, so Joseph thanks him and runs off. Frankie Kazarian then refers to Chavo Guerrero as Churro Guerrero and Hernandez as Juan yeah, that's not Hernandez. Yeah. Well, you know, Churro Guerrero and Juan Hernandez. Not Sean. Ah, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, he then tells Jeremiah Borash that tonight they, come, or they become world tag team champions of the world yet again. I always love that. World tag team champions of the world. <laughs> I freaking loved when they said that. And they would get mad if he didn't say it that way, too. Uh, but Christopher Daniels says that they're not joking around tonight. They're tired of being disrespected. And tonight, they drop their opponents like Verizon Wireless. <laughs> Which, oh, I get... I'm going to the, assume they're not a sponsor? Yeah, right. Uh, I Look, I get the sentiment. But at the same time, uh, I've, I've loved... For, like, I've never had a drop call with Verizon Wireless, so... Uh, you couldn't have picked on like one of the the crappy ones. And to your point, didn't TNA need sponsorships? You don't exactly want to piss off like the number one wireless carrier out there. But whatever. Me, right? And up next, uh, speaking of pissing people off, it's Joey Ryan. Speaking of dick dancers, taking on Joseph Park. This one goes five minutes, 51 seconds. 
uh, even on paper, I knew this would be match of the night, man. <laughs> I went. I actually stopped the uh, playback when made some popcorn. Oh hell yeah, man! Yeah. You're you're like Big E in that GIF. <laughs> yep. Just like shoveling it into his mouth. Before the bell even rang, I'm literally Ryan... sitting there in my chair, going, "Grab the dick, grab the dick." <laughs> Good God! Okay. People who don't know, I'm not going to explain it. Just go look it up. Uh, or don't. And if you don't know, I envy you. <laughs> yeah, right. Ryan, who once got fired from Disney World, allegedly uh, oils himself up. No, no. Let me <laughs> let me correct you. Ryan, who once actually got a job at Disney World. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the hell. And then got fired when they figured out who the hell he was. Allegedly. Oh, God. Uh, but he oils himself up, grabs a mic, and says that everything is bigger in Texas, including Joseph's gut and the fans in the crowd. Ryan then says that he's big where it counts, and Joseph will figure out tonight that size matters. Right. This, ah, is, is, the beginning, this is the beginning of a match, folks. Park takes the mic and panders yes, by saying Troy just called this a match, folks. <laughs> well, Park takes the mic and panders by saying that San Antonio rocks. Like you couldn't you couldn't get any like more generic I, than I, that. I was just there. I don't disagree. It wasn't bad. Yeah, but it's like you couldn't like mention sports teams or how you know anything what? specific. You're just like, insert city name here, rocks. At okay, least... Mr. Cleveland Rocks, why don't you shut the hell up? Yeah, Freaking that's our hypocrite. thing, damn it. Freaking hypocrite. That's our thing. And uh, we have to have Drew Carey dancing around while it plays, damn it. Or it just it doesn't hit the same. But either way, uh, uh, Joey Ryan hits him after that. The match ends when Ryan goes for a sunset flip and Joseph Park jumps up and sits his ass straight down on Ryan's chest for the three count. What the fuck? God, uh, I wonder how much oil he had on those pants after. Uh, Uncle Dave gives it three quarters of a star. I gave it a star and a half. What say you? One. Suck. Okay, you know, I just gotta ask. Why did they get rid of Abyss? What was... Do we ever get a reason for that? Yeah, because fuck you, that's why. Because they thought this would be good? <laughs> Don't. Yeah, no, they never. I mean, I was. I know Abyss gets crap from people, and I don't like the hardcore crap. But I didn't hate Abyss, and I don't understand why they didn't right. keep him. In my mind, the excuse I was thinking of was he needed a break from beating himself up with thumbtacks and tripping over his own dick. Yeah, basically. So that that's my thought process on it. I could be wrong, but. I don't know, because he basically did nothing as Joseph Park. This character sucked, man. Yeah, let's let's thank God for that. <laughs> yeah, but they kept him around, and he was on TV every week. I'm like, why? And he gets into and let's just Ray. let's just let's just clarify. You're not using hyperbole either. He really was on TV every damn week. Yeah, <sighs> it's it's like when Danhausen is on every episode of Dynamite. It's like, dude, <laughs> why? Like, you could hide him. For a little bit, but whatever. We now see footage of Jeff Hardy entering the building, and then Brooke Hogan sitting with Bully Ray in the locker room. She tells him this is Bully's destiny tonight to become the TNA World Champion. She reminds us that they got married, and both Brooke and Hulk are proud of him. Bully says that he's nervous and wants to make everyone proud. 
Hulk walks in on his crutches, asks Brooke to leave, and tells Bully that something about him makes Hulk believe that he can launch TNA into greatness as the world champion. Right. <sighs> what did I just say about people not and that was, eye for talent? That was said with a straight face, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> right. I wonder if they had to redo it multiple times. He's like, look, Jeff Hardy's good and all. Something about you. You can launch us into that. I'm sorry, I can't say that. With a say what you want about Jeff Hardy, but he is an attraction. He's a star. Bully's not. Right. Sorry. I like Bully Ray. Yeah, I thought the Bully Ray character was fine, but I would never pay to be like, oh, man, Bully Ray's here. No. <laughs> uh, no. And he's not going to launch a, a damn thing into the next level. But either way, Hulk gets real personal, saying that he's grateful that Bully Ray finally made Brooke happy, and he says that he loves Bully like a son. <laughs> I was waiting for the, look, you're like the son I never had. And he's like, don't you have a son? And he's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I would have laughed my ass off. But anyway, uh, Hulk also says that he wishes tonight he could be the one taking on Jeff Hardy, but he's happy that it's Bully. Of course, he tells the story about Andre the effing giant, because as you said, Hulk Hogan has a long storied career, but he always goes back to Andre. Uh, Bully shakes his hand and says tonight he'll make everyone remember him. Yeah, all 17,000 about the, the show. Yeah. Do you know who I am? Yeah, you're that guy that uh, always told Devon to get the tables, right? This guy with a fire breathing Twitter machine. Yeah, right. Yeah. Up next, it is Velvet Sky defending the TNA Women's oh, Knockouts title. Oh, yeah. Uh, against Gail Kim, who is also all the way live. This goes about seven and a half minutes. And as you mentioned before, the TNA knockout or the TNA women's knockout title as opposed to the TNA men's knockout title. Yeah. So there you go. I also forgot that at this time, Taryn Terrell was refereeing all the knockouts matches. Oh, she yeah, she doing... was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she has an argument with Gail Kim before the opening bell. At one point, Velvet has Gail's foot, and Gail grabs Taryn to stop from being hit, then hits eat defeat for a near fall. Gail goes off on Taryn and slaps her, demanding that Taryn disqualify her. Instead, Taryn spears Gail and beats her up. When she gets up, Velvet nails a sit-out pedigree on Gail for the pinfall win. Uncle Dave gave it three-quarters of a star. I actually gave it two stars. For these women, it was fine. Let's see you. Oh, yeah, they were. I gave it two. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, it was a decent watch, which is more than I can say for the next. Well, uh, you match. know, I like to watch. Exactly. Now a shirt on our bonfire store. By the way, go check that out. Uh, it is a link in the podcast description, or you can go to our link tree, linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. Go to the bonfire store. Check it out. Uh, you can confuse all your uh, Zoomer friends with it because it's got a picture of a VHS on the front of it. We like the hell is that? Yeah, only oh, your God. parents will understand what it is. Exactly. They like run home and ask your mom what a VHS is. Or never mind, I'll ask her later. Good lord. What? <laughs> what? I'm giving our fans some, some uh, conversational pieces, alright? Anyway. Backstage, Jeremy Borash calls in Robbie E, who says that he did everything for Robbie T, and all Robbie T did was hold him down. He then calls Robbie T an oversized hamster and says that tonight he will make Robbie T his hoe. Cool. Yeah, that was a real sentence. Right. <laughs> ah, man. 
That's all I can think of with Robbie E. Uh, but this next match is Robbie E versus Robbie T in five minutes, 41 seconds. And another th- thing I think of with Robbie E is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, oh, I think of the list, bro. <laughs> yeah, I like how that was what, like when he's naming off stuff he did for Robbie T. He's like, I got you on the list, bro. <laughs> Even though he held the list, bro. Yeah, right. Even though he was he was the bouncer letting people in. <sighs> Look, at one point I had some pretty high hopes for Robbie T. Like around this time, but yeah, you and only you. Did you not like him at all? Oh, look at him! He's an overgrown boot goon. I thought he had some like a little bit of charisma to him. He had a good look, bro. And uh, I didn't think he completely sucked. I mean, like he wasn't quite Mason Ryan, but. He didn't go anywhere, disappeared for a while, and then he popped back up as the freak in the menagerie. What a waste. Well, I just want to go back and just reiterate. Why were you questioning my thoughts on him? I I feel like they missed the boat. I don't know. I mean, I don't think he could have been like, he wasn't like going to be Batista or anything, but still. <sighs> anyway, in the end of the match, Robbie T spins Robbie E out of a fireman's carry into some sort of standing Spinebuster, whatever, for the win. Uncle Dave gives us a dud. I give it a star and a half. I thought what that was a pretty cool finish, but I gave it one star. Yeah, uh, not much to go on here. It was what it was, but whatever. But we now join uh, Jeremy Borash backstage yet again. He calls up the tag team champions, but only Austin Aries is there. JB asks where Bobby Roode is. Austin says that he can do it all solo tonight. But he won't have to. No, I do it. Yeah. Uh, a double is going to go a solo. Wow. <laughs> but Bobby, <laughs> uh, Bobby finally w- uh, walks up and asks if Austin is ready to go with him, and then they head to the ring. And now this: it's Austin Aries and Bobby Roode defending the TNA World Tag Team Titles in a triple threat tag team match against the teams of Chavo Guerrero and Hernandez, and the bad influence of Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian. This goes about 17 minutes. I always thought that Bobby Roode and Austin Aries was one of the best thrown-together tag teams that they had. It just kind of just worked. Just throw the asshole together, got it. Yeah, right. <laughs> it always works. But everyone did great in this match, and it was all action from the jump. At one point, Hernandez ran down the ramp and leapt over the top rope onto Roode and Daniels. It was one of them ramps, by the way, for anybody that didn't watch the show. Uh, AEW used to use it a lot, where it connected to the edge of the ring. The NWA uh, staple. Yeah, right. Uh, in the end, Chavo hits the frog splash on Daniels, but he, he's not the legal man. Aries tosses Chavo from the ring, and Rude pins Daniels to retain, retain the tag titles. Chavo d- didn't eat the pin this time. How about that? Uncle Dave I would have bet, all the, I would bet the farm on that. <laughs> Uncle Dave gives it uh, three and a quarter stars. I give it three. What say you? I, I, I went back and forth between two and three. I think I landed on two because it wasn't that great. I thought it was pretty entertaining. All the three teams did pretty well. I I'll like be honest. At this point, I'm already kind of like, oh, God, there's more show to go. <laughs> Not because it was bad. It was just getting kind of boring. Yeah, well, about that. <laughs> this next match we got. But you can definitely tell, by the way, that Vince Russo or whoever used to control the production is gone or has less power. Because they don't send it right to the back as soon as the bell goes off. Like, they actually let it simmer for a little bit. I was but like, is, how is about Russo, that? Is Russo working in AEW right now, then? Are they doing that crap now? 
Well, now they've always done it. Yeah, I hate that. Nothing similar. Like, oh my god, so it's a wins to the back. <laughs> Every TNA show we review, man. And you I know who gets that. to celebrate, folks? When they win, you know who gets to celebrate? What's the simmer? Uh, Kenny Olivier or John Moxley. A couple do. I want to clarify. It's not everybody. But yeah. They yeah. mainly cut to the back after. You know. Now, to your point, a, TNA did it with everybody. World yeah. title wins. Yeah, big, like there would be this huge blood feud that went on for months. They're like, oh my, like with America's Most Wanted. Like they did it. They won the world tag titles and to the back. Like, <laughs> God dang, man. Like, they barely get the belts in their hands, and you're in the back for the next interview. Well, Tiffany also, going to, they would do this on pay-per-view, too. You know, you do that because of, you can get away with calling TV time constraints. Okay, I, it's still stupid, but I guess I can buy that. Pay-per-view, yeah. you should have a little bit more organized. Right. I'm not a pro. I'm not a pro. I'm just a watcher. Well, like you said, I like to watch. Years, yeah. Well, after all those years, I couldn't get it down. Like, dude, like, time out your crap. But speaking of going to the back, we now go backstage with Jeremy Borash yet again, who calls over Taryn Terrell. Taryn yeah, says I call her too. She did. <laughs> Taryn says that she didn't want to attack Gail, but Gail has been pushing her for months, and she couldn't take it anymore. She says that she had to stand up for herself. Just then, Gail Kim runs up and attacks her. They cat fight for a while before going back to the ring as people are constructing a cage around it. I've uh, never smoked uh, in my life. I need to sit here after this. <laughs> God. Uh, we cut away for a commercial for Slammiversary in Boston. And now we flip the footage from the uh, two of the Aces and Eights clubhouse where D'Lo Brown gives them all a pep talk, hyping them up. He sends Whisper <laughs> yeah. to go and I, for, I forgot that he was like kind of the leader at this time. I was like, because I'm thinking of a leader of a huge group. No offense, I'm thinking of Devon Dudley. <laughs> yeah, and D'Lo Brown. Like, and that's not to really? say that I'm thinking of Foley Ray instead. I'm just saying, who thinks of the Dudleys as the top leader of the group? Well, it wasn't like Devon was the de facto leader, sort of, but he's just sitting there. D'Lo Brown is the one standing up there rallying the troops. Like, really? You? The other other guy in every faction you've ever been in? Like, okay. Well, to, to, to what you said about Chavo, the guy who was always in matches just to eat the pin, we all knew it. <laughs> God, yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> oh god but he oh, sends man. Wes Briscoe and Garrett Bischoff off to prep for their match and then asks who wants to start lethal lockdown tonight for aces and eights uh, so I must have gotten this like mixed up or messed some, missed something or whatever and I'm pretty sure Doc says that he'd do it but they choose Mr. Anderson did I uh, get that I, I didn't catch that I didn't catch that yeah. part he's like who's gonna go out there first and I'm pretty sure Doc was like I'll do it or maybe I misheard him and he volunteered Anderson. I, I don't know. Either way, we now go to the back with Jeremy Borash yet again. Standing by with Kurt Angle. Kurt says tonight he gets Wes Briscoe alone in a cage where he can destroy him. Sorry, I made that really creepy. But uh, he also Ooh, shamed Kilo. Well, yeah, I get you alone in a cage, boy. But he also shames D'Lo for turning on everyone in TNA. And I'll be waiting for you in the shower, boy. <laughs> I'll be waiting for you in the cage, boy. We'll be locked up. No escape. But I'm next. Scream. <laughs> Except for the five people there at this event. <laughs> <laughs> it's a TNA show. Nobody can hear you scream. 
But it is Wes Briscoe versus Kurt Angle in a cage match. This goes 11 minutes, 43 seconds. I can't blame TNA for trying to make new stars, but Wes Briscoe and Garrett Bischoff just weren't going to happen. That dog was not going to hunt, all right? Uh, yeah. I, you remember when Wes Briscoe uh, was, he was, he was, he was actually on TV as Wes Briscoe, and then he was in the Aces and Aces, clearly. But oh, he would yeah. have his hair up. Remember he would have his hair yeah. up in a man bun? And then when he was revealed being the Aces, he, took, he takes it down and lets him know he was the guy in the mask the whole time. Yeah. I was like, I was like, like oh, God. It's like his lame as Superman. He puts on his glasses. And we all oh, we don't know that Superman he's wearing glasses. Oh, oh yeah. man. <laughs> oh, good God. But anyway, uh, so Kurt pretty much dominates. Ref gets bumped at one point and doesn't see Briscoe tapping out to the ankle lock. Angle ends up hitting the angle slam on Wes and leaving the cage, but again, the ref is down. So D'Lo Brown runs out and slams Kurt into the cage, throws him back in, and then drags Wes Briscoe out of the cage as the referee wakes up and declares Briscoe the winner. Lame. Uncle Dave gives his three and a half stars. I was like, what the hell were you watching, man? I gave it two. Say you. I gave it two as well. I don't think I've ever been bored by a critical match in my life. How is this three and a half? He beat Wes's ass for like 11 minutes, and you're like, oh, three and a half. Like, what? what? You gotta give credit to the kid for being able to take an ass beating, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. This is so one-sided. I, I will never give a one-sided match above three stars. Like, gosh. But up next, it is the Aces and Eights taking on Team TNA in Lethal Lockdown. Uh, Aces and Eights is Mr. Anderson, Nux, Garrett Bischoff, Devon and Doc, who some of you may know as not like the others, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who some of you may know as Luke Gallows. Team TNA is Magnus, Samoa Joe, Eric Bishop, or excuse me, Eric Young, uh, James Storm, and Sting. Why is Garrett Bischoff in this match? He's clearly the odd guy is, out. His last name is Bischoff, Greg. This goes about twenty-five and a half minutes. Uh, Aces and eights get the man advantage, so Nux and Mr. Anderson take advantage of Magnus right away. Samoa Joe comes in, he cleans house, with, and both he and Magnus start hitting their double-team moves. When Bischoff comes out, it looks like Team TNA would be fine, three-on-two, but Aces and eights finally get the advantage. Why was Before Terrence Rowell Air- on Team TNA? Say what? Was Terrence Rowell on Team TNA? He uh, said he they look fine. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of looking fine, before Eric Young gets in the cage, he takes his shorts off. Hell yeah. Joe is shorty shorts. Uh, when James Storm comes out, he starts kicking ass right away, literally. Sting comes out with, uh, Sting comes out playing the part of New Jack who knows how to wrestle because he's carrying to the cage yeah. <laughs> trash cans full of weapons. Uh, Team TNA takes a weapon. Doesn't it kind of defeat the use- purpose of Lethal Lockdown? The cage is going to lower the weapons on it. Yeah, did you also notice they didn't have a uh, a roof this time? I did. So, yeah. so this time it was just last out brings the weapons. Like, okay. Like, kind of, like I said, it defeats the whole purpose. You're supposed to lower the weapons into the cage. That's what made it lead to lockdown. Right. It just it made no sense. Weird. Yep. But Team TNA takes all the weapons and uses them on all the members of Aces and Eights to gain a big advantage. Mr. Anderson almost taps out to uh, Samoa did, Joe. Did SCF. you happen to notice that Gary Bishop was just sitting there waiting to get hit every time? <laughs> like, come on, <laughs> no. Gary. Yeah. 
That makes sense, though. <laughs> I know who I am. I know why I'm here. Just come on, beat my ass. Let's go. <laughs> kind of got a feel for the kid in a way. <laughs> he knew the assignment, Greg. <laughs> but like, like every time he got here, I just kept watching him. Like, oh, dude, he just knows it's coming. <laughs> uh, he's like, oh god, hit me as hard as he can. I know it's coming. But when Mister Innocent almost taps out to the STF, Nux breaks it up. Sting takes Nux out and tells Eric Young to go all the way to the top of the cage. Young dives off with a diving elbow and makes the pin on Nux to win. Uncle Dave gives it three and a quarter stars. I give it an even three. It was okay. What say you? I gave it three as well. I mean, it was good. I didn't, but I didn't I hate it. Way better. But we've, we've done way better. Right. Well, in the archives. Most of them have AJ Styles in it, by the way. But yeah, this was just meh. We've also done worse. There was that one with uh, Eric Bischoff on one side and Garrett Bischoff on the other. This was Garrett yeah. Bischoff's second lethal lockdown. Think about that. Eric, what much? Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about a, uh, uh, a Nepo baby. But wow. team, <laughs> team TNA hey, celebrates hey, after the match. Don't you knock that because he was headlining WrestleMania this year. <laughs> right. Two. Uh, team, t- <laughs> team TNA celebrates after the match as Eric Young looks like he's about to cry because he just realized he's in TNA. Uh, on the commentary table, Todd Kennelly tries longer. to. S- yeah. Todd Kennelly tries to stay between Taz and Mike Tanay as they look like they're going to come to blows. And now we're going to take our second to last break of the night. When we come back, it's main event time for the world title in a cage after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Muddy 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also, check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the BellyUpSports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. 
this is the main event. It is Jeff Hardy defending the TNA World title against Bully Ray in a steel cage. A salad steel cage. This goes just shy of 17 minutes. At one point, Eric Garrett Bischoff and Wes Briscoe climb into the cage because we haven't seen enough of them. Uh, and both Jeff Hardy and Bully Ray beat them down. When Jeff I, tries I, to climb... I just want to say, I, I think I have seen enough of them. I mean, to each his own, I don't judge, but I've yeah. seen enough of them. <laughs> uh, I've still seen enough of them. And it's, you know, 10 years later. But uh, either way, uh, they beat them down. When Jeff tries climbing the cage once, Bully grabs him and power bombs him off the top rope. That was pretty cool. Shortly after that, Hulk and Brooke Hogan come out to the cage. Aces and eights now run out and surround the cage, and Nux tosses in a ball-peen hammer. Bully picks it up, and both he and Jeff Hardy get ready to fight back-to-back. Aces and eights all climb in. Bully turns around and blasts Jeff in the shoulders with the hammer, taking him out. the longest prolonged turn you've ever seen in your life, by the way. It took, like, ten minutes to turn on him. Did you notice that? (laughs) My God, man. They pushed (sighs) it and pushed it. But he takes him out. Hulk Hogan looks absolutely shocked. Shocked, I say. Yeah, because we all didn't see this coming from seven miles away. I will say, I mean, like, I didn't, like, I was back and forth on it. I'm like, they could swerve us, bro, and be like, oh, no, he really was a good guy the whole time. Or they could do this. No, because, you know, and not to look at this in, like, a fanboy kind of way, but it makes no sense. Then why would they both be fighting? I know it was a world title, but clearly there was something being set up here. I think not doing this would have been stupid as much as I'm sitting here knocking it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of torn on this because it was just the most obvious turn I've ever seen. Well, I've been watching wrestling for three decades, mind you. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bully Ray pins Jeff Hardy to win the TNA world title. Uncle Dave gives us three stars. I gave it two and a half. I thought it was average. What say you? I too gave it two. Yeah. Uh, is, we also talked about Hulk Hogan's overacting. <laughs> yeah like i get he was trying to get into it but it's like dude i get this was like their biggest storyline of like forever but damn man like if you audit like don't get me wrong i like aces and eights but look at that lineup man like i know it was a lineup of Sunday night heat crew <laughs> i know it's not like you're exactly throwing you know like top of the card guys in there not even like upper mid carters. And let's be 100 percent like, real. It's not like Bully Ray was Mister Top of the Card at this point either. I mean, even though he was about, he's a world champion now. Like really, yeah. Bully Ray? Yep, yeah, he was their big guy at the top. Like, ooh. So Bully Ray sent this team of jobbers in there to take over TNA. Yep. Got it. I mean, obviously it worked. In I guess the uh, Mistress in Action were busy. Yeah. Like, dude, why? Why? Logically, why would he do this? But Brooke Hogan is bawling her eyes out and shaking the cage. Bully Ray leans in and tells her. Is that, that you was... <laughs> Wow. I missed something. Wow. Uh, Bully leans in and tells her that she was nothing to him and he used her. He then taunts Hulk, saying, What are you going to do, old man? Bully Ray grabs the mic and tells Devon to let that stupid bitch cry. He then says, Hulk, I used you. Brooke, I screwed you. And most of all, I fooled all of you. Uh, no, Did he didn't. You know? <laughs> I, think, I think they all saw it. He then admits that he is the leader of the Aces and Eights. Well, what? No. Did he say I'm the ruler? Or I, I he was like I'm the the leader of the Aces. President, I, I think he president? said leader. Maybe. 
I I don't I don't remember. I mean, he was, but I don't know. I'm like, dude, as if like, are you like stating the obvious for the idiots in the crowd? Like, like that hadn't figured it out yet. Yeah, you don't call those seven people idiots. They have feelings, you know. <laughs> God. Well, garbage rains down from the crowd, and I'm not talking about the show. Into the cage as Bully celebrates with his group, and we close the show. You think that Eric Bischoff got that stiffy again? Yep. <laughs> oh man, like uh, we we filled like a fifth of the building, and they're all throwing crap into the ring. Oh yes. Oh, whatever. I mean, I've never been a fan a of fans throwing crap into the ring. I think it's stupid. Yeah, I mean, it it from a, a like watching it, it looks okay. But when you think about like the safety hazard, like, nah, just don't do that. Remember when that uh, whole incident in Boston when Shawn Michaels got hit with a battery? Oh yeah. Why the hell would you do that, man? You can kill somebody. Hit him the right yeah. spot with something heavy enough. Right. You know, it's just. Right. And the thing is, it's like, I, you know, I'm not saying don't get into it, obviously get into it, but like, seriously, it's pro wrestling, man. Like, it's not real. Chill I out. I told you this, but at, um, at Revolution, some guy got ejected from right in front of us because he just threw a water bottle towards the ring and missed horribly. He hit a, hit a he almost hit a security guard on the floor. <laughs> Holy crap. And the entire uh, section, like, they were all pointing at him. And I was like, well, how they're all him out. <laughs> <laughs> That's stupid. Why would you do that, man? And I'm not dumb. like I'm not trying to like excuse or anything, but if you're gonna throw something, at least have the arm strength to get it there. He missed it by <laughs> a mile, dude. He hit the floor. <laughs> <laughs> like so not only you're stupid, you're incompetent. Got it. Yeah, right. Uh, well that brings us to the end of this. Well we Listen, get on the other stupid. we get on the other side of this break, it's final ratings time. We're telling you what's coming up in the next few weeks on the podcast. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh. Another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back we're back final ratings here internet movie database gave this 5.8 out of 10 uh cagematch.net give it 6.09 out of 10 i gave it a mm, maybe 7 7.5 out of 10 c minus let's say you I gave it a solid C- as well. It wasn't great. 
uh, it was it was it, it was a show. I, I don't I want to be say too that. liberal with this word, but it was a marquee show. There, this should have been way better. This is one of their big ones. Yeah, I I don't uh, I don't know why they did that, man. It's just it was it was just kind of there, like oh yeah, lockdown. Okay, I I get it was all a build up to the end, but eh, like they were in the Alamo Dome. Did they think that Bully Ray was going to draw the house in the Alamo Dome? Come on, man. Like, no, I think they were relying on Jeff Hardy, I think. <laughs> Jeff Hardy couldn't... I, and we said, we love Jeff Hardy. He's not going to draw the house in the Alamo Dome, man. Gosh. Especially against Bully yeah, You're not exactly Ray. Brock Lesnar or uh, The Rock or Austin. <laughs> yeah. Shawn Michaels, even. like God. Well, Hulk Hogan will be there. Cool. I, like, yay. We're going to see him hobble his ass out to the ring on his crutches. <laughs> not exactly oh. something I want to pay for. But either way, that does it for that one, mercifully enough. This Friday, though, we're going to Japan. We're going to be covering WCW slash New Japan Pro Wrestling's Japan Super Show. Took place in 1991 in March. Uh, to be exact, it didn't air until like almost a month later. Kind of funny, but it was a show. I know you said you're not really into Japanese wrestling. So I don't think you. I mean, it's not that I'm not. It's I'm not into watching people I don't really know. Yeah, there's hard that too. That's yeah. I I can like understand I that being a factor. Fight, I'm like I don't, I don't care about this. Sorry, I just don't. yeah. Yeah, I get that. Um, I know. A uh, handful of the people that were on this card, some of them, I was like, I have no idea who the hell this person is. So it was like, meh, for me. I just got done watching it. It was, I mean, it was fine. There were, I will say this, I think the last uh, few matches on the card were pretty good. Uh, Sting and Muda is always good. Uh, Flair and uh, Fujinami was pretty good. But it was. I don't know, the, the undercard... The tag match was so-so, like the world tag title match. It was it was fine. Uncle Dave liked... I'll say this now. Uncle Dave liked this show way more than either one of us will. So, Well, where did it take place? Yeah, it was in the Tokyo Dome, for those that don't know. But yeah, that is our bonus show for this uh, Friday, ladies and gents. Next week, however, if you want to know what our show is to close out the month, it is our final WrestleMania show for the month. We alluded to it earlier. Greg and I were at WrestleMania 34 in Nolens, so we will be reviewing that on the 29th. I'm looking forward to watching I that one. I never back. watched that show back until I just did. Yeah, neither have I. So I'm very much looking forward to going back and checking it out. Because uh, yeah, I I saw it live in person with you, and since then never watched it at the end. Not that it wasn't a good show. It just I literally. Have never. I don't think I've ever, except for when we did SummerSlam 2015, I've never watched a show back that I was there live at. I, I usually know. don't either, but uh, the Royal Rumble this year, I went back and watched it because there was a couple things I wanted to see. So, ah, okay, yeah, this uh, and this was a good WrestleMania. I really liked it, so I'm looking forward to going back and watching it. That, uh, like I said, that's coming up next Wednesday on the 29th to close out March. Thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yep. Sure. Uh, <laughs> we will I see mean, you my all. pleasure was fun as hell. Oh, well, now, now you're making me have to hit it again, Greg. <laughs> there we go. The show is awesome. Here you go. Everybody loves a little TNA in their life. Oh, oh hell yes. yeah. We're talking about 
giant relic in? Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> that does it. Uh, we will see you this Friday when we join you again for Double Main Event Week. Our bonus show is WCW New Japan, Japan Super Show, and next Wednesday for WrestleMania 34.